0: welcome to the specific faith podcast my name is Eric this is episode 19 therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first be reconciled to your brother and then come over your gift now I'm gonna tell you something this is found in Matthew chapter 5 starting in verse 23 And if the church today would practice this one teaching of Jesus, if we would do this one thing, I want you to know our churches would begin to be full again. But instead, uh, we go to church every Sunday, month after month, year after year, And throughout the week, because we don't keep his other commandments, we trample, stomp, destroy our neighbor, our brothers, all throughout the community. And then we show up on Sunday and we raise our hands to God and we offer our prayers and our service to God and we feel justified because the song, we feel the emotions of the song that God is with us and all the while he does not hear us, and we wonder why our churches are falling apart, why there's scandals breaking out, why you know people aren't attending anymore. We wonder why the gospel doesn't ring in people's ears anymore. It's because we've got a laundry list of people that we have destroyed along the way. In fact, I know a church where I'm from that has had times throughout its history where the building was full five six seven hundred people and then it would fall away based on what pastor came and you know what ministries were going on and and then it would be full again and then it would fall away and and there is a there is a town that a lot of the population has cycled through this church and they've been injured by this church, by pastors, by its members. And and people don't want to come anymore because they've been injured. Jesus tells us what to do here. It is an occasion of faith for all of us. He says that when you're going to church, or as he puts it, going to the altar and you want to bring your gift, and there you remember... Now, it's interesting that he says he he plays upon our remembrance of these things. Um, and some people say, well, I, I just don't remember. Well, that's not the way our minds work. In fact, I've heard it said before that the human mind is a lot like a filing or a room full of filing cabinets, right? And there's all kinds of stuff in there. You just can't find it when you need it. And that's true. But because we are... Uh, disciples of Jesus, whether we've been born again or not, we, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably, you know, know some of these things about the Bible, the church, the, you know, faith in Jesus. Because we've heard the word spoken before and we know how we ought to live, we don't have the option to say, well, I don't remember. Okay? Because it is the Holy Spirit convicting us in our remembrance at the opportune time, which is at church, he says. You go to church. You are offering to God your worship. He says there you remember. And when you remember, what do you do? What do you do? What have you done in the past? I'll tell you what I've done in the past before. If I felt conviction over the way that I've treated someone throughout the week or in the in times past, I just let time pass. I just let that thing jail for a little bit because if I will just wait around for a little while, that conviction will go away, won't it? You know what I'm talking about because you've all felt it before also. You've injured someone. God brings it to your remembrance through the power of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's in you. He convicts the whole world, right? But he convicts you and you just sit there on it. And you wait. And pretty soon, that conviction goes away. And I'm going to ask you something. If conviction is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about a specific matter, do you really want that conviction to go away? Uh, knowing what I know now, when I feel conviction, it's time to act. I know. I've, I know I've done wrong. And it's time for me to do something. Now, in this teaching, he says, go and be reconciled to your brother, and then you can come and offer your gift to God. See, Jesus doesn't want a place full of worshipers who have destroyed their brothers and their neighbors out in the community during the week. He doesn't want that. He says he wants you to be reconciled with each other. Now, it is impossible to not sin against our brother or our neighbor at some point or another. I I mean, I realize this. I've seen it in my own life. It's impossible to to not sin against them because all we have to do to sin against our brother or our neighbor is to love them less than they deserve at any given time. You go, well, that's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it, it is very difficult to do. But Jesus says that there is a way to fix this and that is to be reconciled, to go to them and say, Look, I'm I'm sorry that I have done this and I ask for your forgiveness. You know, I I don't want to be that way. And oh I wish we would do this more often, right? Well I think we would learn as a people how to live if we would go and be reconciled with our brother. We would swallow our pride. That's what keeps a lot of us from doing that. But I'm telling you, if if we would take this one teaching seriously and act upon it by faith, we would fix a great majority of the problems that we have. And like I said, if you were willing to do this, it's rare that someone would look at your confession, your apology and say, I don't want to hear that. And it's possible, but most people that we wounded would be willing to accept our apology. Now, we may pay restitution. We may have to do that. We may have to right the wrong, right? So it may not just be, a, I'm sorry. There may have to be some action behind it. But if we would do this one thing, we would fix our relationship with our brother and we might find that we are walking with god when we've done this but what's for sure jesus says to us here is that there will not be a fellowship with god as long as we have wounded our brother now in the gospel according to barabbas the second half of the book is my favorite i think it's the most useful We take five teachings of Jesus and we plug them into the parable of the sower found in Mark chapter 4. If you haven't read that parable, you need to go read it. If you want to know about it, go back a couple of podcasts, listen to it. That parable will tell you who you are. Everybody wants to know, am I saved? Am I lost? Am I walking in obedience or disobedience? Am I walking by the Spirit, by the flesh? You can know for certain who you are if you will take the teachings of Jesus and plug them into the parable of the sower, because there will be four different outcomes based on what you do, all right? There's four different responses, and the four different responses will tell you which one there are. Now, I'll tell you, out of the four, there's only one that's positive, and that's the last one. That's where you bear fruit. That's where you walk in obedience. The first three have the miracle, or the the first one, Hears the word, and that's good, but he doesn't produce fruit. And the second and third one produce a plant, which is often we're often deceived into believing because we understand the teaching of Jesus means that you know we there's a miracle there. No, that's not the miracle. The miracle is that you go and you obey it in faith, and there you have your fruit. And that's the fourth one. And so if we take this teaching uh, that Jesus has for us to be reconciled to our brother, and we plug it into the parable we're gonna find the first soil to hear this teaching and and they're going to because their heart is hard, right He compares it to a sidewalk because their heart is hard, the seed lands on the sidewalk, and it can't penetrate it right, and that person is not interested in this teaching he's like. Well I know that I've wronged my brother but I'm I'm really not interested in swallowing my pride to go fix that. And so pretty soon the birds of the air according to the parable come and take this teaching which is the seed and carries it away. And you're not bothered with this anymore. And you move on about your life stomping everybody and destroying everybody along the path. And that's the first soil. And if that's you recognize that that's who you've been now you may not be doing this actively now you may look in the recent past and when you hear this teaching you may go I'm not interested in that go ahead and shut the putt podcast off. right that's where you're headed you don't want to hear this teaching anymore now the second soil is the one who hears the teaching and is really enthusiastic so like you're sitting in church And you're raising your hand to God and there in that filing cabinet, God pulls out the remembrance (laughs) and puts it in front of you and you feel conviction over it and you say, well, the teaching says I need to go to my brother. And so before you go to your brother, you talk at length with those around you and they look at you and they say, no, you were right in what you did and he was wrong or she was wrong in the way they treated you. It doesn't matter what they say. God has convicted you. Right? But in the parable it says that they will persecute you for going and, and humbling yourself before the one that you've wounded. All right. And this begs the question: who who do we live for? Who, who are we walking in front of? Is it man? I mean, does it matter what they say? The word has spoken to you. You felt conviction go do it. And so you go out, you know, let's say you, you shuck off those, you know, naysayers and they say, well, fine then. And you go and you try to be reconciled with your brother. And then you find a wounded brother there. And that wounded brother that you've stomped on in the times past rears up against you and says, you know, you, you're right. You did me wrong and you owe me. And right there, according to the parable, the second soil says, oh, this has gotten too deep too fast. I'm going to back up. And you leave the situation. And you leave the brother wounded. And you say, this is too hard. And you never were reconciled. And so then you go right back to your church service and you raise your hand to God and you say, well, I, I tried, but they weren't willing. And I want you to know their entire church is full and have been started with second soil people who tried but didn't do it. And they justify themselves. And if that's the case, whether you justify yourself or not, I'm asking that you look at this. This is you. This is the truth about you. The third soil. Here's this teaching. And goes out to be reconciled with his brother because he feels conviction right at church he goes out and he tries to be reconciled and and as he goes he finds a wounded brother just like the second soil but the deceitfulness of riches the cares of this life and the desires for other thing keep him from be being reconciled you say well how does that plug in how, how do how does that work well if you have wounded your brother and it's cost them you might have to write a check bigger than you want to write to fix the wrong and it is the lack of the want to because of the deceitfulness of riches that will keep you from fixing the situation in order to be reconciled so that's the deceitfulness of riches but what about the cares of this life? Well, sometimes when we go to a wounded brother, it's not safe. I mean, we've hurt them. We've hurt their family. We may have ruined them financially. And it may not be safe for us to go. And the desires for other things, because we don't really have time to go back to them. I mean, why don't we dig up you know, old problems that everybody has just kind of let go. I want to let you know they haven't let it go. They haven't let it go, and Jesus will tell us how they haven't let it go here in just a second. We don't want to dig these things back up because we're too busy or there's too much going on. You know what? I want you to know that according to this teaching, you go to church and there you remember. That is God god speaking to you at the perfect time will you be busy maybe will you have a lot going on probably but he's speaking to you at the perfect time now is the time to go be reconciled with your brother don't wait if you wait the conviction will subside if you subside the conviction of the holy spirit that's blasphemy and remember what he says about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And so because of the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this life, and the desires for other things, the th- the third person who hears the teaching will retreat back to church, raise his hands to God and worship, and say, I couldn't do it, but bless God, I'm saved and I'm thankful for His mercy. Hmm. No, we walk in disobedience when we do that. We have not bore fruit. Lastly, the fourth soil here's the teaching of Jesus is convicted in church, may not be at church, but feels the conviction to go be reconciled with the one he has injured, and he goes. And though his friends and family may tell him, no, you're justified in what you did. Nothing will stand in his way or her way between the wounded brother and himself. Because he feels the conviction of God and he believes the words of Jesus. His desire to go is deep within him. And he shucks off all the naysayers and goes to his brother and just like the other ones, he will find a wounded brother or sister who may demand payment and he will write the check. He will do what it takes to fix the situation. He will know that it's not safe because his pride may be hurt or they may be violent. But nothing will stand in his way. Even though life is busy and there's lots going on, he has felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit and he will go and be reconciled to his brother and put off all obstacles because he believes the Word. He believes Jesus. He believes this is his moment, this is his occasion of faith to do and walk in obedience to Jesus. And when he goes there, he will no doubt find a wounded brother and he will have rivers of patience for whatever his brother wants to do. Whether he lash out, if he accepts his apology, then he's won his brother. If he lashes out and gets violent or demands payment, he will write the check. He will stand there and bear it. And why? And where does this patience come from? <laughs> it comes from Jesus Christ himself who lives in the fourth soil person. Because he too bore our rage. He came to be reconciled to us. And so there is rivers of patience and love for his brother and however he wants to kick and scream. And that's fine. Because love does that. That's what the fourth soil will do is that what you and i did is that what you've done you know before my mode of operation was just to run from them no jesus says go to them be reconciled don't let time pass fix it fix the situation humble yourself in belief in his word right that's what he's calling us to do now there's another place where you can wound people And this happens not quite as frequently as selfish, sinful ambitions. But you can wound people with your evangelical zeal. Now, I'm speaking from experience here, okay? Because when I became born again and began to walk by the Spirit, I immediately became aware that people around me were not doing that. Um, and, And yet... You know, our churches were in shambles, and I began to grow frustrated with people around me, and I began to weaponize the word against some people. And I now know that's not what the word is for. The word has come to save people, but I've wounded people with my Christianity and there was a day whenever i realized that i was less than loving towards people and i didn't offer them truth and love now i've I, from day 1 i've recognized the truth and few people will tell the truth lots of people will love and when i mean love i mean they're patient right they just tolerate Lots of people are overwhelmed with love, and they just tolerate everything and are patient with everything. But who who can tell the truth and be patient? And that's something that I haven't always had. In fact, you know, I've had to go to people and say, look, in my evangelical zeal, I'm sorry that I was less than patient with you when you didn't receive it the way that I thought you should. And that was a very hard thing for me. But I felt the conviction. And if at some point, and I wish our churches would do this, if they, you know, to walk in truth and love. And the first attribute of love is patience. To tell the truth and be patient is the best way to live. But you can wound people with just the truth and certainly we are in danger of becoming Pharisees if we just have truth but don't love one another. The second part of this teaching, Jesus says, Agree with your adversary quickly while you were on the road with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out you have paid the very last penny now this imagery that jesus gives us is a reference to how we want to uh, let time pass and and not worry about walking uh, reconciling with those around us and jesus says that in this imagery that it won't just go away that in fact they remember it and in fact they may have gone to god against you now it's an astonishing thought you go to church every sunday you raise your hand to god in worship and you give your gift and you feel justified because you know again the emotions of the song or you feel the sermon and you and you kicked a can down the road and you don't consider that you've wounded a laundry list of people and they're not forgetting. And in fact, they're sitting there praying to God against you. That's what this imagery means. He says agree with your adversary. There is the adversary is someone who is against you in this life because of something you or I have done. And he says do it quickly while you're on the way with him. Where are we going? We're, we're all walking towards the judgment. Right? And he says, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. Who's the judge? God. All right? What happens if that adversary is praying to God of the wrong that you've done to them? And the judge huh, hands you over to the officer. Who's the officer? Well, according to the scripture, it's going to be the angels, right? The ones who enforce these things. And, the, and you're thrown into prison. Now, if you need me to spell this out, it looks like... You know, because we have not agreed with our adversary along the way, we're going to be thrown into hell. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out till you have paid the very last penny. That is less about the money that we owe, or even, it's even less about the wounding of the brother, though Jesus is highlighting that in this teaching. It's more about... Why didn't you do this in belief? It's The punishment is severe, not only on behalf of our brother that we have wounded, but because we didn't believe Jesus. You go, well, how can someone be thrown into hell because they don't reconcile with you know, people that they've wounded? You don't believe him. The first three soils. You dismiss the teaching. First soil. You try and you fail second soil. You try and you fail on the three accounts of the third soil. You you just don't do it. You don't do it because you don't believe him. But the fourth soil hears, believes, and nothing will stand in his way because he wants to be right with his brother. He wants to be right with God. And it's belief in jesus christ that enables him to do that you don't believe him and so as we're on our way he our neighbor our brother has prayed to god against us and god has heard them our churches are full of people who have wounded people Either through selfish ambition, sinfulness, or evangelical zeal. What do we do? Do we let time pass? Do we hope, you know, get distracted and let something else come up and take our attention away from it? God help us. No. Get up. Go be reconciled to your brother. And if you find that you can't, don't want to, You'll know who you are. And let that have its full effect. There's only, in this parable, there's only one soil that's going to heaven. One person. That's the fourth. Because it does in obedience by faith what Jesus has commanded of him to do. Go to specificfaith.com. Drop me an email. Tell me what you think about the podcast. Also, I've got a little special offer here. If you're interested in getting a copy of the Gospel According to Barabbas, and you go to the website, you send me an email and say, I'd like a copy of this book. I'll send you an e-book for free. Um, No strings attached. I won't even use your email to... um, I won't sell your information or anything like that. I just give you a copy for free. when well, you have a copy of it because I there's a lot more, obviously, but uh, hopefully this podcast has helped you out this upcoming Sunday. I hope he convicts you. I hope he convicts me. Conviction's good, and uh, I want to be right with God, and I know that you do too. Until then, walk by faith in the specific teachings of Jesus.